Hey everybody, welcome back to the Brews and Belters podcast where we talk all things soccer while sipping on some local brews. Um, my name is Keegan. With me as always is Toby Hinefeld. Um, Tobes, not feeling great this week. You're carrying the, the load here. Um, and with that, we'll start with the brews. I'm on a repeat here. Midwesty pills from Carbon 4 that I had last week. Didn't feel like making the trek out to the liquor store um, with the cold. So, so yeah, you're going to have to carry us immediately from the get-go here, Toby. Um, uh, tell us what you're sipping on. Family remedy. Are you microwaving the beer? Getting it, <laughs> <laughs> getting it nice and warm, loosening up that phlegm, get it going. I'm going to have to try that with the next one. You should. You should. Yeah. Uh, dude, so I have Cigar City. It's out of Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. And I always want to call it ja, Jai Ali, uh, but it's actually, I think, pronounced High Lai. Uh, okay. But it's their, it's from their IPA collection, and it's actually the White Oak. Um, so it is their High Lai uh, IPA, but it's, uh, I guess, on oak. It's aged in an oak barrel, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Something sure. about White Oak. But yeah, so it's 7.5% alcohol. Pretty good. Uh, I really like their original IPA. It's one of my favorites. Um, this yeah, that that one's the Ja Morant, correct? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Toby, obviously not an NBA guy here. Mm. Continue. Continue. So yeah, it's pretty good. It's not my favorite, um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, started doing Duolingo since I heard out it's free. <laughs> uh, Italian word of the day. Let's go. Fori, fori Jaco. Do you know what that means? Fori Jaco? Fori Jaco. Fori Jaco. Fior, like F-I-O-R? Uh, I did not write the correct oh, spelling okay. of it. I wrote the, like, syllable, syllabatized person of it. But it means offsides. Okay, okay. Which nice. is uh, which is ever important for this episode for me specifically. It since- is. It is. Well, we'll get into that later, though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I was so. going to say, how, how early do you want to hop into Spurs? Tough week. Uh, I mean, let's just get right into it. Yeah. We'll get into Premier League, Champions League. We'll just mix it all together. Hodge yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Spurs did exactly what I expect them to do. Tottenham looked like trash for most of the game. Uh, don't know how they come out so flat, but they do it consistently. <laughs> I, I text you guys like because they gave up a goal in the first like 25 minutes and they were being outplayed by sporting. Sporting is good. They're not great. They're really good in like 1v1, 1v2, and they're like shifty. They're, they have a lot of good technical skill, uh, but I didn't think they have that great of movement off the ball. Their defense isn't that great. Uh, their goalie was on his head, especially in the second half. Yeah. Uh, I think he had like five legit good saves. Um but yeah, Tottenham just—I mean—they just don't look great. They had to squeak out a tying goal in like the 80th minute, and then they they pulled away and took that that two-one in the 94th minute. Right at—I mean, it was going to be pretty much blown dead, and they end up having a VAR check uh, on Harry Kane, and it was very controversial. Took four-ish minutes, maybe even longer. Um, which in my opinion, that's too long to make a decision. If, if you can't make it in the first one to two minutes on a, on an offsides ruling, when they have that specific technology that we were talking mm-hmm. about in previous episodes, uh, where you can't even really determine where the ball is, where compared to where Harry Kane's body is. Um, I, I think they should have allowed at that point, but offsides yeah. is offsides. Um, 
So it is what it is. And honestly, I don't know the rules anymore since from league to league and champions league to other leagues, the, the rules do change a little bit. Um, so technically this ball was headed from Emerson Royal, who is an idiot of a player, but he <laughs> headed the ball and actually had a good play. It went backwards and deflected off of a sporting player. Harry Kane gobbled it up and flicked it past the goalie and they ruled him off sides based on the original play in by Emerson Royal. And it didn't even matter that it deflected off the other player or went backwards. Yeah. Of forwards. I, I, I did not understand that. And they tried to, they did a nice job of trying to break it down in the, the Paramount um, like CBS Galazzo show post game, um, which by the way, I'll go ahead and give out my cheer right now. I think they've done a really nice job with that. I'm very anti like, when Peacock and Paramount came out with the streaming, I was like, oh, here we fucking go. I'm going to have to have 15 accounts that I stream from just to fucking watch football now. Um, but they've actually done a really nice job with this. But th- going back to the to the matter at hand here, um, Kane, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Kane's body, I guess, could have been in front because Royale sort of contorted his body where his head was leaning backward to play it. But I still think that Kane was on or in line. And then the thing that really blew my mind was, (laughs) I thought you were going to wipe your booger on that there. (laughs) No, (laughs) completely lost my train of thought just for Toby. If, if obviously none of you can see him, but uh, anyway, Emerson Royale, um, the ball clearly hit off of the sporting player's shoulder, which is what I don't understand. If the ball comes off a defender, then it doesn't matter where the attacking player is at who receives the ball. So I don't know if that's just a difference in Champions League ruling versus like Premier League ruling or 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 what we're getting into there. But I think no matter what, if a defender plays the ball last, you're on side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's traditionally been the rule, and that's what I always thought it was, but I don't know if it's changed. I I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. It's they, they got the point, so they're still top of the table in that Group D, which is by far the most open, uh, where it's going to come down to the next week's game, and Tottenham goes to Marseille, and then I want to say Sporting goes to Frankfurt. Sporting Frankfurt, yeah. And if those two draw, then instantly, uh, then Tottenham, it doesn't really matter what they do. Uh, but as of right now, Tottenham has, they're in full control of their own future and just need to get points at Marseille, whether it be a draw or a win they're, they're in. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, some other late drama as well, uh, in the champions league today, uh, came in group B. So, um, Atletico, oh God, there's all right. Atletico played basically they needed points against Leverkusen. They needed um, three points and ideally they needed Bruges to take points from Porto. Um, Bruges for the most part is, is through at this point. They've got 10 points. Um, Actually. Yeah, they are through as is Porto now. So Atletico was tied two two with Leverkusen in like the 93rd or 4th. I mean, the last minute of stoppage, they get a penalty off of it, a questionable handball. Carrasco steps up, gets the penalty saved, bounces back to Saul, who puts it off the crossbar um, with a header, and then it comes back to another Atletico player. I, I can't remember who. Um, and they shoot the ball, and they 
play off of Carrasco, who took the original penalty, and it goes over the top. So three chances from within 10 yards in the final moments of the match to get the three points that they need. And then on the other hand, um, Porto just battered Club Bruges 4-0. I, I assume Bruges, I didn't get to watch this match, but I assume that they were sitting some people um, with them already, you know, pretty much cruising right through. So Atletico will not make it to the uh, to the knockout stages. They'll be relegated, quote-unquote, to Europa. Um, so that's every Spanish team in the Champions League with the exception of Real Madrid that's been bounced to Europa, Sevilla, uh, Barcelona, and Atletico. Yeah, and uh, Zabi Alonso from Leverkusen is the one who sent them packing as well, which mm-hmm. I think that's kind of poetic, uh, if you, especially if you're a Spanish supporter. So Yeah, yeah that was cool to see. Um, but yeah, just a crazy, I mean, that was all going on pretty much at the exact same time as the later matches wrapped up, um, all at the same time as, as Tottenham. And I was trying to watch both moments. It was, it was nuts. So you mentioned Real Madrid earlier, um, going on to the next round. Uh, someone else, Bayern Munich, they are, honestly, I think they're the favorites to win it all right now. If you had to ask me today, if you had asked me even last week, I would say that. Dude, they just got Barcelona's number too. I mean, they are they are Aaron Rodgers and Barcelona is the Chicago Bears. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know we were going there tonight. Here we are. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I mean, they've dominated them in the Champions League and and they've given them some not only big losses with like the eight two loss, but um I mean, this is a huge loss for Barcelona, who's doing fairly well in the league, but um, just has had serious Champions League issues the last five or six years. And uh, and this doesn't help Javi. This doesn't help them in any way. No, it doesn't. What does help is in the same group C, Internationale Milan, uh, ended up picking up Romelu Lukaku. He came back from injury, got a goal in the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a cakewalk of a game for them, but I mean, they had to still go in and get points to, to pretty much all but solidify Barcelona being relegated to the Europa League. Um, so they came in and got it, and uh, I think I think Inter Milan is definitely getting hot at the right time too, which is good for them. Yeah. Uh, f- picked up points in four straight games with three wins and a and a draw um, in the Champions League, and then they're doing pretty well in Serie A as well. Yeah, goal from Mkhitaryan, uh, Aiden Dzeko, who's been playing for Lukaku, scored two goals, and then Lukaku came on in the 87th and scored one. Um, I was really impressed with their left wing back, Federico DeMarco. Uh, He's a guy who came up with Inter but never really played with them too much until this season. He had been out on loan with Empoli, and then he went on loan um, with a team in the Swiss League. Uh, So he's off to a nice start. I thought he was one of their probably best players today. Again, they played against Victoria Pilsen, but – um, mm-hmm. I did think he was one of their best players overall. And um, yeah, I think that they've looked, I think they've picked things up a bit after a fairly slow start in Serie A. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they've looked a little bit better there as well. Yeah. I want to finish with group a um, just because I want to kind of segue into some longer Napoli talk. So do you have anything to say about yesterday's games? Uh, specifically, I was thinking F had, a, had some good ones and so did uh, E. Uh, with Chelsea, Milan, Salzburg, and Dynamo Zagreb. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Milan played well against Zagreb. Uh, obviously needed a win there. 
And I think that puts them in a good place moving forward here. I think it'll be tight, though, to finish out with those bottom three. Um, And then Shakhtar, I I really, my only highlights are um, their star boy, um, Mikhailo Mudrik. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, but he had a belter um, winger from there in Ukraine, serious, serious talent, really good blend of speed, strength, and skill. And then he actually set up uh, a teammate for the winner at the end there against Celtic, and the, the teammate just botched it. And I think this is a young kid, like 19 or 20 years old, uh, with a chance to, you know, potentially put his team through or else, um, you know, at least give them a chance. They would have nine points, or they would have had eight points with a, a win there, so um Choctaw probably should have won but you know uh Michaelo, uh Mudrik is a is a guy to watch out for moving forward and they've got a chance to get through still uh what do you think about group G and group H group group G had City Dortmund City and Copenhagen yeah. uh not much there I didn't think City City and Dortmund was a exciting game but no goals you know of course so. yeah uh I mean PSG Knock the brakes off Haifa. Uh, I was a little bit surprised. I think Benfica's looked really, really good. Yes. And they came out and beat Juve. Um, I wasn't incredibly surprised with that just because Juve's been terrible. I, I will be surprised if um, if Allegri actually keeps his job. I didn't know if that was just a PR thing when um, whoever they lost to a week ago or a week and a half ago. Um, I didn't know if that was maybe just a PR thing where they were kind of buying their time, maybe interviewing other candidates. The fact that Pochettino's out there, the fact that Zidane is out there. I know Zidane has mentioned he's not quite ready to come back to management yet, but potentially will be eventually, like fairly soon. Um, I got to think that Juventus is meeting with these people, especially Zidane, who was a Juventus legend. Like, I don't know. I I just I can't believe that this guy is not on the hot seat. I really can't. They said he's 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 too expensive to fire, and it's like no. I, I you're I mean, you're Juventus, dude. You, yeah, you're, you're in Torino. You can do whatever you want. Like, yeah, I I don't understand that. So I would be really surprised if I don't know. I mean, <laughs> every match they play is just boring, and it's it it's like feels almost pointless. Like it's like. All right, maybe Vlahovic will create something. Maybe uh, you know, maybe he'll do something cool, and and just nothing. I don't know. I mean, defensively so, they're bad. In the midfield they're terrible. They're they've given up uh, two or they've lost twice to Milan and Monza in the last five games. Um, they've they've won against Torino, Empoli, and uh, Bologna. So, um, I mean, they look decent in league but in champions league man they just look terrible like they're so bad <laughs> and what's even worse is weston mckinney's actually getting some run for them and looks good like he doesn't yeah, look had a goal yeah like i mean they so that was the only good saving grace for them because if you didn't watch any of the game you would just see that it ended up uh with the final score of four to three but i mean there was never a doubt that benfica was gonna lose that game ever I mean, they were up multiple goals and were just manhandling Juve for a good portion of that game. Yeah, yeah, and they've had some bad losses in the league as well. I mean, they you know they beat Empoli, they beat Bologna, but they're losing to you know the good teams that they play. They lost two 0 to Milan. 
They lost to Monza, who you know is in 15th right now with 10 points. So they're in eighth right now. Everything's fairly close from from three down to to eight, really. But I mean, even in Serie A, they're they're struggling. Which Serie A's solid, but like truly the first, the top six, you know, five six teams are are really the ones who should be competing with Juventus. And the fact that they're sitting in eighth, I think, says a lot too. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with them. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I didn't watch a ton yesterday. Besides, I mean, I guess I did. Uh, PSG, Maccabi, nothing to even discuss there. Um, did you and- did, did you feel all of Argentina's like <laughs> hearts drop when Messi went down? Did <laughs> yeah. you see that? Like yeah. he legit went down, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, his shoe literally just like came off a little bit." Man, yeah. But it looked like he fell. Like, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I oh, think the whole God. world's heart stops." Like that'd be a really shitty. You don't yeah. want to see him, you know, miss out. No, no, definitely not. Um, but yeah, that and then I mean, those three up top really started clicking. Um, again, I mean, it's Maccabi. Uh, with that being said, they did score two goals against PSG, um, which isn't terrible. But yeah, I mean, they put up seven goals. One was an own goal. Um, Soler got in there for a goal as well, but I think Messi two, Mbappe two, Neymar one. So that that front three was really purring, and it was just funny online to see everybody uh, acting like PSG are like Champions League winners. I, I I still don't fully believe in them as a club. Yeah, they're kind of glass. Yeah, but it it is fun to see them put up some goals and, and go off like that. It's a spectacle. Uh, wrapping up with Group A, how did your Liverpool do bouncing back uh, after the big oh, weekend loss? Man. Yeah, they they did well today. Um, don't even want to think about the the weekend loss, but um, a good bounce back overall in Champions League after a, a tough loss against Napoli to start things off. Um, you know they've bounced back and handled things with Ajax and Rangers, and now they'll face off with Napoli again. Napoli's already through. Liverpool's already through. I expect that to be a you know a, a week of rest for both teams. Um, put some guys out there who haven't gotten any reps recently and, and let them run around. So it's nice to have that break too. I mean, just with the season being so packed, I think that's a win in itself to already be through and be playing against another team who's already through. And you can, you can really utilize that Mm -hmm. uh, to let some players relax a bit. So I didn't think Ajax was going to be that bad in the champions league. I mean, they, they've dropped their last four games. They only got the one W against the Rangers. Like, yeah, they, they did not, they did not perform very well at all. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit disappointing. Typically they're, you know, they're always a threat. Um, Always a team that in tough group too, with Napoli and Liverpool in there with them. But um, yeah, I mean, just overall, I expect them to give Liverpool way more of a fight today. Um, I thought that they got off to a good start and were in control of the game a little bit. But once Liverpool got that first goal, I think that kind of knocked the wind out of them, and and it was just all Liverpool from there. Yeah, Liverpool sits at 12 points uh, going into the final match day. Napoli's at 15, already into the next round. Uh, I mean, man, Napoli, we're just going to continually, like we jokingly said, we're going to force feed you. Like, if this is a Dragon Ball Z episode and you are about ready to be knocked out, I'm going to just force a Zenzu bean into you to force Napoli on you even that much more. Uh, 12 consecutive (laughs) wins. 
yeah, don't let's not gloss over my DBZ references. Let's get yeah, those out I in the open. Uh, 12 consecutive wins. Roma 1-0 on Sunday. That was an awesome game. Yeah. Range, Rangers 3-0 today. They're they're looking like one of the top clubs in the world at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they really are, which is just wild. I mean, coming into the season, they don't have anybody really who is that big of a household name, you know? I mean, no. Osiman is a, 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 a big name for the most part, but not – I mean, they don't have any of those staple players where – the casual fan is like, oh yeah, I know these guys. You know, if if you presented their lineup to a casual, they'd be like, I have no idea who this is. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, honestly, they're probably their most popular player worldwide might be Chucky Lozano, just because yeah, yeah. he's so in nice. essence the yeah. Christian Pulisic of Mexico. You know, yeah. it's like, so that would be the only one I could think of. But which, by the way, like, I want to kind of get into some tactics on them, especially when I've seen him play in Syria a couple times. <sighs> Kabara is so good. He's literally demanding like a man-to-man match. Like, like that's the tactics they're playing against him, where they're pretty yeah. much taking him, trying to get him out of the game, and he's still leading the team in total total goal and assist ratio. Like, I think he's up to like 15 on the season so far. And then that pretty much allows the other dudes to start cooking on the opposite side of him, whether it be Chucky Lozano, mm-hmm. uh, Simeone, uh, Raspadori. Uh, Simeone right now has only played in 10 games for Napoli this season. He's got six goals. So that he's averaging 1.47 goals every 90 minutes of soccer. Like, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's, two of them today, I think. Yeah, two today. No, uh, he, I mean, he's looking really good and he's just part of that, that backup signing. I want to say he's actually on loan from a Bundesliga team right now. Mm. Um, but with that, like, he's one of those guys they brought in when, I, I was bringing this up to you, Keeks, previously, but, I mean, you got rid of Kulabale, Insigne, Dries Mertens, uh, Fabian Ruiz. Uh, I mean, that's those are four names. Like, how, I wouldn't say household names, but those are four names that most people know in the soccer community. And for all of them to leave, and, I mean, when they left, they were the best players on the team, but they also never really accomplished anything. You know, they were all Napoli's always been like kind of one of the pillars of Syria. But with that being said, they never have, you know, finished top. You know, they're in essence kind of like a Tottenham. You know, they're they're really good most of the time, but they just don't really ever win trophies. Yeah, I I guess historically, I will say they have more um, of a history of winning trophies than, than Tottenham. But yeah, it does kind of feel like a Tottenham or a team like that making making that jump from being one of the team one of those top four one of those top five I mean Tottenham's been hanging around the top four like you said but hasn't hasn't got like jumped to that point where where they're in contention um it almost actually parallels the Premier League right now with Arsenal who have been down for a while but had you know a little bit of history at the top it, it, it and you know in 20 years ago and um and they have these young guns and they have they're bringing yeah. in these guys who are you know not young but they're coming into their prime and then a few that are already in their prime like uh like jesus and other people like that and it you you arsenal there are i would say there's more on arsenal than on napoli but on napoli like we were saying there's no real name like big name guy yeah and i think that's actually good for them you know the sum is the sum is greater. Yeah. It's, it, it seems to give them a little bit of um, 
like swagger. I mean, you, you, I feel like you see teams, I don't know. I feel like sometimes you see superstar lace teams uh, who maybe they, they start pumping people with three, four goals a match and, and you'll see them like sort of let their foot off the gas every once in a while. And it, it feels like Napoli hasn't let their foot off the gas at any point this season. Doesn't matter who they beat. Doesn't matter how bad they beat them. Um, they've just continued to keep their foot on the gas and and pump teams for you know three or four goals every single match. And it's been amazing to watch. And I, I was kind of thinking about it earlier today because you know they had Insigne, who captain of of Italy. You know. Koulibaly, one of the best center backs in the world. Manolis, really good center back. Like they had those names. And I feel like the last five years or so, I had just waited for Napoli to make that jump and be back like in the spotlight of, of Serie A. And I think we've even talked about this on the podcast. And it it just never happened. And this year coming into the season, I didn't expect much from them at all. And they've just taken this huge leap. It's it's pretty crazy, and, and I think it goes back to what you said. You know, the the sum of the whole um, is kind of coming through, shining through here, and and I, I do think that it parallels a little bit to Arsenal as well. Yeah, so Kavara, born in two thousand one, you know that's not the nineties. He probably doesn't even know who Jim Blossom is. Like that's how <laughs> how young of a kid he is. Uh, he only had played in Georgian football. He did have a quick loan spell in uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, and which I guess rumor is Lokomotiv Moscow tried to sign him permanently. Can you imagine if he would have been shelved in Russia and not in Italy a year and a half later? Like he literally was playing in the Georgian Premier League or whatever their Super League is this spring, like this last year. He or this yeah. this the beginning of this year he was playing in that league. I don't. Keeks, can you think of a of a comp of someone who's gone from such a small small league? to just just being literally a star to the point where I I don't know jersey sales but I guarantee his I literally that. I I literally got his kit delivered to my house today and you're not wearing it <laughs> and I'm not wearing it now it's cold in here man and I'm sick so All right. uh, I'm shivering a little bit so I got the flannel on but no I I was going to put it on uh just for the pod but um now it came in today and it's beautiful so Next I've been week. waiting on that for is like it, over a month. Yeah. Is it the the ba- is it the home baby blue on? Yeah, on baby white? blue, baby yeah. blue. I thought about getting the Halloween, but uh, yeah, no, that ended up pulling the So the only ones I could think of is early Holland, but he came from Salzburg and had already made a splash in the Champions yeah. League. So yeah. going to Dortmund, the only other one I could think of is actually another Dortmund. Robert Lewandowski went from pretty much the Polish leagues to Dortmund, yeah. where he did well, but he wasn't amazing you know he was good at Dortmund but he was never he was never like out of this world you know at that time I think they maybe had a Bomiang for a year or two of his of his tenure um but yeah I just I I really can't think of anyone who's done what he's done coming from such a small division to then just exploding as being the best player on a team uh from such a small league yeah I mean, usually you have a grace period for these players, you know, especially at that young of an age. Yeah, you would probably have to go back um, decades to to have something like that. But yeah, I mean, no no one comes to mind for me, especially to to go from that small of a league into a top tier league and, and have like a noticeable impact, let alone, like you said, 
literally be like the most impactful player on a team, potentially the most impactful player in the league. Uh, yeah, it is. It's amazing. Yeah, he's he's unreal. Uh, he's being linked to pretty much everywhere that has yeah. millions of euros to dish out to him. Uh, his president from Napoli's come on and pretty much said that he's untouchable. They're not going to shop him at all. I mean, I'm sure if he gets in like a 170 million pound offer, you know, he'll take that because uh, that would pay for his whole roster and some. But yeah. like, like, yeah, he's he's crazy. Uh, Segwaying from Champions League, so the 3-0 victory over Rangers, putting them first and putting them into the round of 16. They beat Roma 1-0. Uh, Roma looked really poor at home. I was expecting a whole lot more from them. They had some good moments. Chris Smalling, actually, I thought played pretty well. Um, I always forget that he's like 32, 33, just English dude playing in the Italian league. Uh, yeah. He's having a- probably the best the best year and a half or so of his career. He looked good last year, and he's looked really good this season. Um, with the exception of he did kind of get bodied off the ball by Osimhen for the goal. Oh, yeah, that that was a fleecing. Yeah. I definitely agree. And Osimhen, dude, he, he looked – He's so good. I like that player a lot. And then he wears that mask and just looks yeah. even doper. So take the mask off after the uh, goal. It was, yeah, it was just. Uh, he, yeah, we we got to talk about that goal a little bit. Um, Smalling. I mean, I, I, I don't even. I, I I think when we tweeted it out, I I used the word he bodied him, and it wasn't even almost like he, that he bodied him. It was Osiman is so long and lanky that you know players like that can just like spider around you you know they can just maneuver around you and squirm through you yeah and that's what he did almost i mean it felt like smalling had a good position on him and he just worked his way past smalling and then just takes this ball off the bounce and just strikes right through it on the volley far post patricio had no idea wasn't ready for it and it just had that swerve on it where when it's going far post and it's cutting back in towards the net. Um, that I mean, for me, one of the goals of the season so far. Yeah, I would agree. I really liked it. He had like pretty much all of Nigeria backing that goal. Um, and that put him up on, I want to say, I, I don't have the, uh, the table in front of me, but I think Napoli's still, still number one in the league. Um, yeah. Yep. But what, what's just as impressive as the Napoli's style where they are just go, go, go. And they're so active and they're strong on the ball, but they're, they have a lot of finesse um, and they are pumping dudes with goals. Like, I mean, there's games where they're getting three plus goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they know how to score, but they also are getting clean sheets left and right. Yeah. That's what impressed me the most was actually uh, Kim Min Jai, the, Korean uh, back, and then also uh, Juan Jesus, the Brazilian. I didn't realize this. Juan Jesus, they actually picked up to replace Koulibaly. Koulibaly, I've, I've always liked. I thought Koulibaly was one of the best center backs in the Premier League with Romero, and then uh, 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 I forget the guy from Inter, uh, Skinier. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, so those three are kind of the best over the last couple of years, but I thought Koulibaly was taking a step back the last year or so from mm-hmm. the small amount that I was watching. Um, but for this Juan Jesus to come in and pretty much on a free signing, like I don't even know if he was on a team and they picked him up and he's just fit right in 
mm-hmm. to the gaffer system, and he's looking awesome at the center back position. And the same with Kim and Jay. Like, that dude looks so big. I don't know if it's just because yeah. some of the Italian forwards are very small. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But, I mean, he looks like he's just a physical specimen out there compared to a lot of those other guys uh, coming on the back line for him. Yeah, he's class, too. I mean, he can get around the pitch. He's good with the ball at his feet. Like, it's – that's a thing, too. I, I don't know if they just went under the radar, but Napoli's obviously just a team that I I – am realizing, you know, now over these past couple months, I must have just not paid any attention to who they were signing over the summer um, because they let so many players go and they've just done so well to plug those gaps. And they let players like Insigne go um, fairly early too. You know, mid midway through the season, they knew that they were going to be parting with him. He finished out the season there and then they have his replacement ready to go. So, I think just the way that they've gone about their business has been very like um, forward thinking and, and they've just been prepared for this season, you know, moving forward. And obviously it's paid off a ton for them. Yeah. So they lost Fabian Reese to PSG. He's 26, but I mean, Kulubale Insignia and Dries Martins, they're all in their like early to mid thirties. So yeah. when they shed those guys, they pretty much replaced them with 20, 20, early 20 year olds. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's huge for the lifeblood. Good business, right? There. Oh yeah. 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 That, I wish we were still doing that. And Fabio Ruiz, while he's only 26, he looks like he's 34. So, <laughs> uh, so, so the, get him the fuck out of here. That's, right? the, that's the, that's the Spanish heritage, all that paella. So, <laughs> Uh, did you see the drama at the end of the game though against Roma where there was a red yeah. card to the assistant manager? Jose Mourinho saw that coming out and just instantly turned, turned yeah, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, the, the assistant manager and the right back cars drop. Um, the, the, ref, cars the ref got shoved by him, correct? Yeah, so the referee, like. Karsdorp was wearing like, you know, like pad, like ice pads or heat pads on his knee. And the referee like brushed against those and and he like had a fucking meltdown and pushed the referee. And I'm like, dude, what? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. walk the fuck away. So, and you you just got your ass kicked. Like Lee. Yeah, I, 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 you lost. Like get you off lost the at home. There was no controversial, like, you know, issue there. Like they, it was a clean goal that Osiman scored. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. There were cries for uh for a penalty from Roma, but there was nothing to it. And yeah. Um now you got a red card and you're out next match. So So to put it into context what was going on on my Sunday, got up after a long Saturday and watched some Premier League, watched Tottenham wet the bed, and then went right into this game like an hour later. And there was no Chicago Bears on. They were playing Monday night where they stomped on the Patriots. Shout out Chicago Bears. But there was one thing that I realized, Keegan, we need to do, especially if Napoli can pull this out. I think we need to – well, I was going to say we could do that. And if if we do that, we definitely have to do what I'm I'm saying we need to do. We need to get after this gaffer style. And Luciano Spalletti, Mm -hmm. we need to start wearing those sweatsuits that he's been wearing. Dude, those things are dope. Yeah. crisp clean looking yeah. he, he reminds me of one of my friend's grandpa's how he always had like matching suits all the time <laughs> like that's how this guy is but dude his his tactics are class like he's getting the most out of these players i don't think napoli will what's i don't think they can just keep winning every game like they are right now like i mean they eventually have to lose 
but I mean, he's getting the best out of these players and dude for that. I think we need matching these matching Napoli suits. I'm in. Yeah, I'm definitely in. <laughs> Gold chains, uh, maybe like matching watches and rings, pinky rings. I'll do it. Yeah. No, I mean, Spalletti's been fun to watch. He's a character on the sideline. I feel like there's a lot of Italian managers like that, too. You either get the the three-piece suit Italian manager or the Maurizio Sarri and the, uh, you know, the the Spallettis of the world who are just rocking sweatsuits and, like, chewing on a cigar or smoking a cigarello over there, so... I'm okay with the sweatsuits. It's when the dudes are wearing jeans that kind of gets annoying to me. Like just either, yeah, either go hard or go home. And by go home, I mean lounge on the couch in a sweatsuit. Yeah, I mean those dudes are literally stealing my style with skinnies and and a sweatsuit and a sweatshirt. Like that's yeah. not not happening. So no, no. Uh, I know you wanted to talk a little bit of Graham Potter. You want to get into? You did mention um liverpool wetting the bed against nottingham and tottenham wetting the bed against newcastle do you want to get into any of that or are you good with just glazing over it uh we can get into it a little bit if you want um as for graham potter i mean i think he's finally starting to get his legs under him i uh, i still don't think he has the correct roster um, I, I want to get more into his like tactics uh, week to yeah. week uh, in a couple weeks when we have one of our friends on to talk about that. But mm -hmm. uh, I do like what he's doing with the team. I I like what Kai Havertz is bringing to the table. Like he's finally doing some stuff. I just don't think he knows what to do with Pulisic. He doesn't know what to do with Mason Mount. And I don't think he knows what to do with Jorginho. I think uh, Kovacic has looked way better under him. Um, and I don't know exactly what's going on with the wing back position since they're always, you know, there's like a constant cycle between Reese James, who looked like a roadblock, by the way. Um, and then there was like Ben Chilwell. <laughs> did, did you see Reese James and his green hair? No, I didn't see the green hair, I don't think. Oh, yeah. He had green hair and literally like at an angle, his head is so square. He looked like a roadblock. Like, he is very <laughs> squarely built. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. For being right? as athletic as he is, he's very squarely built. Yeah. So uh, I'll also say United when they played Chelsea over the weekend on Saturday that I was at uh, our local pub for that one, meeting up with some of the guys. And that was the busiest I've seen the pub this year when it's come to watching a Prem game. And I mean, I. I don't think it's just because we're in like the country boonies of central Illinois. I think Chelsea and United are, I mean, they're, they're the top dogs, especially when it comes to the Americas and, and the fans here. So, yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll save my, my Potter thoughts for, for a couple of weeks when we have Van and Ty on, but um, yeah, look forward to that in a couple of weeks. We're going to have a couple of our buddies on who are, who are pretty big blues fans. So um, we'll get into a little bit more of their thoughts just regarding Potter and, and Chelsea um, since he's taken over for two cool. Other than that, Toby, um, I mean, we've been through Champions League, Premier League a bit. Um, Serie A, do you want to, I mean, any matches in particular you want to dive further into? or? Uh, mainly I just want to talk about two things. Uh, one team we've been shitting on this entire time, Leicester. They're on back-to-back -back wins. They've definitely 
had the bottom of the the pack, you know, with Wolves and Leeds. Yeah, they they look good though. They're exactly starting to get, what I want to talk about as well. Yep, they're they're starting to get there. They have freaking Jamie Vardy coming off the bench, crushing Red Bulls right before coming on, like literally about to go on and just shotgunned one. Yeah, like, like, dude, I, I just, I mean, I love the guy. I love him. I, I've loved him ever since he like pretty much dogged on everyone, making fun of his wife. Like, dude, he's he's the best. Like, he really is. Like, the the world is better, and the Premier League is absolutely better. Jamie Vardy's good. Yeah, yeah, it's been a scary start to the season with Leicester not playing well and and sort of seeing that core um, that makes Leicester Leicester sort of fade out. But they were definitely back this past week against Wolves. Um, absolutely shellacked them 4-0. Yuri Tielemans, Belter. Um, I, I just said Osiemens' goal was one of the goals of the season, but this one's right up there with it. He's good for one of those every couple of years. Oh, every like, couple of years, every season, couple yeah. months. Shit. Yeah. I mean, he's he's I'm world that, class. I'm thinking of that FA Cup goal. Yeah, 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 against Chelsea. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I would I would kill for to to see him so in a Liverpool jersey. Is, do you think this is the guys realizing that their manager was probably on his way out, and you think this is the core rallying around him? You think it's health? Do you think it's they I think it really could be health. tactics. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it could be health. It could maybe be be guys rallying around Rodgers as well. But I think that maybe would have happened a little bit earlier, just because he has been under the spotlight for the majority of the you know the beginning of the season. We're week thirteen now, and they've been pretty shit all year and until mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So, uh, last couple of weeks, but. Um, this did feel like the core of that that Leicester team we're used to see in the past few years. Tielemans goal to start it. Um, Harvey Barnes, great Harvey Barnes goal off a one-two um, for the second goal. And then a nice James Madison finish for the third. And then, yeah, Vardy comes in and, and slots in a ball, played across the face of the goal for the fourth. It, like, it, it just felt very familiar Leicester, whereas we've grown accustomed the, the past – eight or nine weeks to seeing a really unfamiliar Lester. Yeah. Uh, talking about Brendan Rogers manager, uh, segueing from Lester. Uh, he was on the hot seat. You know, we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. I mean, that's the easiest thing to do is just get rid of the manager, try and shock the, the core, you know, and try and get the guys going back, get the boys to rally. Um, but good for them that they can rally without having to lose their manager. Who's been, been with them since pretty much since they won it, you know, they won it. And then they, they appointed him the year after the two years after I want to say, and uh, been looking good ever since uh, Villa got rid of Stevie G. And of course it was all Stevie G's <laughs> fault after that Villa started to look pretty good. And then, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Uh, Three nil went over Brentford Leon Bailey. I'm, I'm happy to see Leon Bailey healthy and, and playing well. I thought that was going to be a huge signing for him last year. Um also provided an assist to Danny Ings, who then scored the third um, with a penalty. And then Ali Watkins scored um, the fourth. I think I said they won 3-0. Um, Ali Watkins scored the fourth uh, on kind of a weird goal, had one shot saved, had one hit the post, and then came back and finally put one in um, for their first goal, fourth goal. So huge win. It did break my heart a little bit to see them come out immediately after Sack and Gerrard and, and win four nil over Brentford, who was a solid side. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah. yeah, that that hurt a little bit with with Brentford sitting in eleventh. Villa um, did move up to fifteenth. They're tied for for fifteenth, sixteenth with Southampton. So uh, big wins for both of those clubs, Villa and City, uh, Leicester City, who are now you know two points out of the relegation zone. And being appointed of Gaffer at Villa is Unai Emery, previously yeah. of Villarreal, and then previously of Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly I don't care too much for the signing. Uh, Villa is one of those teams that like I always like I don't have like a rooting interest, but I like them. Like I don't have any qualms against them. You know they're not like one of my Tottenham like bad blood teams. You know it's not Villa is not that to me. You know coming from Birmingham, but yeah, I, I just I don't know how well Unai Emery is. Like he wasn't that great at Arsenal to the point where he was he was fired. And then also he at Villarreal, he did a little bit, but then he, yeah, he had some injuries and stuff this last year, but I mean, he was pretty much on a sinking ship the last 12 months at Villarreal. Like there wasn't much going on there. They didn't really perform that well. You know, they did, they, I think they got to what the Europa championship and I can't remember if they won it or not under him, but then the following year, like they didn't do anything, you know, they didn't do anything. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we've seen him on on higher profile teams than than Aston Villa. You know, over recent years, he went from like you mentioned, um, Villarreal prior to that Arsenal, prior to Arsenal PSG, prior to that Sevilla. So, um, I mean, some some pretty big name clubs in there, and like you said, Aston Villa is kind of one of those teams right now. The reality of it is, they're one of those teams at the moment that you know even being that we're we're supporters of two premier league clubs we don't view them as a threat they're a team that we can get behind and root for you know like a palace i i love crystal palace part of the reason i love crystal palace yeah is their players but part of it is because i know that realistically they shouldn't give liverpool a run for their money mm-hmm. um, you know I, I wouldn't be saying that about newcastle who right now is in fourth I wouldn't be saying that about teams like that. So, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting to see him. And maybe that's just where he's at in his career as well. Obviously, he didn't succeed at Arsenal. Um, not a great, you know, past several months at, at, um, at Villarreal. So um, it, it could be a bounce back for him and it could be a bounce back for them. And maybe it's a mutually beneficial thing where, where both of them come out, you know, for the better. So uh, Saturday – there's a slew of games at nine o'clock. I want to say there's one, two, three, four. There's five games at nine o'clock. Uh, there's a game at six thirty. So the first game Saturday, Leicester City, uh, or Leicester City versus Man City. So I, how we were talking about City play, or Leicester playing well coming the last couple of days. I, I mean, they're going to get shellacked against City. Um, but yeah, the next game is Newcastle Aston Villa. Newcastle looked amazing against Tottenham. Really impressed with them. Uh, yeah, Tottenham didn't play well. I was actually nervous going into that game because Newcastle's looked really good recently. Uh, it, I, I mean, there's not much better of a glow up right now. They were practically relegated last season to now being pretty much in the top four, top five, and they look like they're there to stay. We talked about it last week, how good they are, so we don't really need to go into that. Um, but man, like Alvaron is on the ballot Dior list as of right now, like he's looking great. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on with Newcastle, and they have Villa 
at nine o'clock, uh, along with Brighton, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Southampton, and Bournemouth, Tottenham. So a lot going on. Uh, but that Newcastle Aston Villa, that's actually probably my favorite game of the nine o'clock. Uh, you know, the the mid midday game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Newcastle have been really fun to watch. I, I thought that goal from Almiron was incredible. Uh, I think Brighton Chelsea will be interesting. I, I think Brighton's looked really good. I think Trostar's been phenomenal, obviously with Graham Potter um, facing his his former club. Um, and I am I am kind of interested. Uh, this Sunday, I'm I'm kind of interested in uh, Man United versus West Ham. West Ham's coming off a two 0 win that they desperately needed to kind of bounce back here. Um, and Man United coming off a one-one draw versus Chelsea. I'm I'm pretty interested to see how that turns out with uh, United team who's who's kind of on the rise right now. It feels like they've played better recently. West Ham trying to get back there, hopefully riding off a little bit of momentum from their their two-zero win um, Europa League match tomorrow. So. Uh, potential for them to to maybe build some steam here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Fulham Everton is in that eleven thirty Central time slot. They're in the the prime time game, but there's actually a late night game as well. The uh, Liverpool Leeds uh, finish up Saturday with a game that kicks off at one forty five. So that'll be pretty good. I do like that West Ham United uh, West Ham and United game. Arsenal Nottingham Forest. I don't know much about that. Nottingham Forest is all. They're so high, they're so low. It's kind of hard to keep track of all that. Yeah, but uh, I do like your Trostard shout out. Um, I'm really, really excited to see what Belgium's going to do because I mean they can bring him off the bench, but I mean he's he's in pretty good form right now as a striker that you could play off of him in a forward position. Yeah, and uh, so I'm excited uh, over the next couple of weeks when we get more into the World Cup talk to kind of go over that and see what we what we expect. I don't know. Do you want to do our uh, what we did uh, for the Euros where we kind of go and make our roster of who we want, or we should, we should probably start thinking about that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind something like that. Um, we can get into all that later on here and, and kind of decide how we want to break that up, whether by group or, or squad. But yeah, I think Trosar could be, I mean, I think he could, he could mix in there with KDB in the middle, maybe play like a, you know, a 10 or even a false nine with Lukaku up there as a striker. So, I think they've got a lot of options moving forward, Belgium. Yep. No, I think so too. Um, I mean, this whole week is just going to depend on <laughs> who who can win and who can't because I feel like everyone right now is picking up draws. There's a few wins. But, uh, I mean, Arsenal's and City are just – I feel like they're just slowly pulling away. And then Newcastle and Chelsea over the last five games have really picked it up as well. So that will be a lot going forward this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it is scary to see Arsenal and City. It it just looked like they're not they're not going to drop points. But um, like you said, there's some teams creeping up and, and playing better. Um, it's just all about consistency. I feel like right now, especially before the World Cup break, you don't know who's going to come back injured or you know exhausted from that. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's really about being consistent right now and just racking up as many points as you can get. Yeah, no, definitely. Do you have any booze? No booze, um, and honestly, I already gave gave out my my cheer and my belter. I can I can repeat them if you want, but um, yeah, let's uh let's hear your cheer, and then I have a cheer and a boo. Actually, I might have two cheers. 
Yeah, my cheer was nothing special. I was just kind of thinking today um, as I was on my late lunch break watching some of the matches and some of the pregame stuff. Um, I went on a little bit of a tangent earlier in, in between discussion on, on Harry Kane's goal, but I just think the CBS team has done a really nice job with Paramount um, Plus allowing all these Champions League matches. I think they've got really good content in between the early games and the late games with you know that crew of Thierry Henry, uh, Richards, Carragher. Today they had, they had some Americans on. Yeah, yeah. Kate Abdo. Um, That's my girl. Runners. Love, yeah, yeah love her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that uh, they are th- that specific. I actually like the Serie A group as well that they have. Uh, for CBS, I think CBS, in my opinion, is the number one. I actually prefer yeah. their guy, their talent, than I do ESPNs yeah. and every other streaming service. I like them the most. Um, I would put the Champions League CBS group right underneath TNT's NBA with like Chuck, uh, Shaq, and all those guys. Like, dude, they are they are right up there. And uh, I lo- I really like them, and I really like the CBS thing. What you were saying, like I. Uh, we gotta. We, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Kings, Kings is literally bleeding right now as we're doing this. Um, Bloody nose. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now with this. Yeah. with this cold. Bloody that, noses, cough. Yeah, that is quite the cheer. Uh, I Jordan flu game, man. You you brought this up. <laughs> you brought this up uh, earlier as well. Uh, the Danny Ings uh, walking out of the. Oh tunnel. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with uh, I I don't know what you call the the kids that they walk out with. Um, uh, they call them mascots, actually. Mascots, okay, that is kind of funny. Yeah, our definition of mascot in the states, it's it makes it kind of funny. But it's like yeah, a it's like mascot. a it's like a rooster in a basketball jersey. That's 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 a mascot. <laughs> that's my mascot. Right. Uh, but uh, him coming out, I I don't I think the child had sensory issues or something. Yeah. Yeah. But had to have uh, headphones on, so Danny Ings wore headphones as well. So yeah, I thought that was really cool as well. Yeah. I actually completely forgot about that. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that um, for the for the cheer. Yeah, no, that's fine. You keep lifting your head up. Let me keep talking about some cheers. <laughs> uh, my my actual cheer that I had written down was for uh, Sky Sports. Their Monday Night Football uh, commentary group has my boy Sean Dyke in it, and dude, I just love Sean Dyke. Nice. I think he's. I think he's phenomenal, especially in front of a microphone. Like he will yeah. go on tangents. He's dry, good sense of humor, like good guy. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him on a national, international scale, so that way we can yeah. see him in the in the in the USA as well. So, yeah, yeah, love that shout out. Would love to see him and Roy Keane just uh, just being dry as fuck up there. Uh, <laughs> the commentary. Are you sure you want to be dry? You already look like you're bloody. <laughs> do you have any booze because i do no booze go for it okay so my boo is for the once again middle finger fu to the founding members of the super league there's 12 of them uh because as of today five of those 12 founding members would not even be in the champions league right now they're in the europa league with arsenal adaletti barca man united and juve all in the Europa League, not even Champions League. So how can you say that you deserve a league higher than the Champions League when you can't even qualify for the Champions League? So that's my boo. Nice. Love a middle finger to the Super League teams. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're all about the establishment. Let's just screw it. So that's kind of where we're at. So, 
Uh, do you have any belters? I tossed one out to Yuri Tielemans and and one to uh, Victor Osiman. You got any? Uh, I really like Tielemans, and I really, really liked RB Leipzig's second goal from Nkuku, and it was pretty much yeah. at the six-yard line, and he rocketed a shot that if he didn't hit the – I mean, it smoked the crossbar and went it went right underneath the bottom of the crossbar and just went directly down and in. But if he would have not hit that crossbar, I mean, that thing was going to go into the, like, 60th, 60th row. Like, he hit it that hard from yeah. six yards. Like, just smoked it top shelf. Yeah, would have just burned a hole in somebody's seat. Uh, yeah, he, he hit that so hard. Uh, that was a really satisfying goal. One of those yeah. ones that, that's just moving so quickly it – just shakes the post. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was nice. Uh, switching up real quickly, but need a follow-up question or follow-up answer from you on this question. Uh, if you are sitting behind the goal post and behind the goal and whether you're drunk or not, doesn't matter. And a ball's coming towards you or you, yeah, I would it, flinch. Yeah. Oh, I, I would try and head it. <laughs> oh, no, maybe not that. I thought one, you were going to ask if I, if I would flinch, like if it went into the goal, like into the net, Oh yeah, no, no, no! If it missed and went into the crowd, into the stands, would you head it or would you try and catch it? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm putting that baby on my noggin, hat or yeah. no hat, and that. My reaction would have been to catch it, but yeah. now that you've just put that in my into my brain to try and head it, yeah, I'm like I'm diving like a row and a half just for a diving <laughs> header, just to clear it out. <laughs> Some little kids like, oh, I'm gonna catch the ball. <laughs> And I'm clearing it off the goal line. Yeah, might as well. I love it. <laughs> that That's all we got today. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Keegs is literally keeping us afloat on Instagram. Thank you. And pumping out tons of content on Twitter. Keegs, what else have you been doing? Just shoving uh, toilet paper up my nose currently. Uh, definitely going to have to get a, a, a screenshot of the, the video stream tonight because this is <clears> – <throat> This is ridiculous, but, uh, but no, other than that, we've got the website up and rolling, um, finally, uh, published an article. So, um, I just kind of split it out some thoughts, just a short article, short write up about, uh, Granite Xhaka, who's been phenomenal for Arsenal so far this season. And, and basically the, you know, you can go to the website, it's posted on our Twitter right now, but you can go to the website to view it if you want, but you should, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Primarily just just kind of walks through, um, you know, different styles of captains and, and which ones tend to succeed and which ones don't. Um, and, and basically just outlines Granite Xhaka and, and sort of the freedom that he's had now that he doesn't have the armband. I, I personally don't feel like he's a player that, that uh, benefits from extra responsibility. I think he leads in different ways and um, – I think Arsenal has really benefited from him not having the badge. So yeah, go read it um, on the website. It is posted on our Twitter. So it uh, should be just a few tweets down there and you will find it. Other than that, I got nothing, Toby, and we're approaching an hour here. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>